Bibles, if you would, this evening, turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, as we look one last time at the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 2, 22, excuse me, and we'll be looking at the first 14 verses of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, and starting in verse 1. And it came to pass that after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and of offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here, abide here with the ass, and with an eye and the lad will go yonder, worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his, in his hand and a knife, and they both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they, both, so they went both of them together. And they came to a place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid it on the wood in order. And bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Aram lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Father, we thank you for this wonderful account, this biblical account of this great man of faith, one that's called a friend of God. I pray, Lord, that through this account, as we read it, understand it, meditate on it, we can learn more things, Lord. The importance of going through tests in our life. All of us in this room are going to go through tests. We know that. So I pray, Lord, that through your grace and through your strength, God, you'll help us like Abraham to have the faith, like Abraham had faith in you, to trust you through trials and difficulties. We pray, Lord, that you bless this, this service, and we pray that if there be anybody in this room that doesn't know Christ, that you bring him to yourself before it's too late. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at the life of Abraham. We've been looking at the many struggles and trials and difficulties and problems he, that he went through. We know that he was a, a man called of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. That by faith Abraham when he was called of God. To go out of a place which he should, should after receive for inheritance. Obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went. To be called it means to, 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 to leave. To, to, to invite to go. Remember he left his, his, his land. His his homeland, the Ur of the Chaldees, to go to the Canaan land, which ultimately would be Israel. He went to a place that he did not know because he stepped out on faith. He obeyed, he listened, he hearkened, 
Obedience is doing what you're told, when you're told, with the right heart attitude. And Abraham did this. He had, was given several promises, promises by God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 17, he said unto Abraham, I will bless, I will bless her and give thee a son, talking about Sarah. I will bless her and give her thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of, of, of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? So this man was called of God and given promises of God. What can we learn more about faith and trusting God in this passage, Genesis chapter 22? Well, first of all, we see the request of the Lord. The request of the Lord, it says there in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 22, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. We see a call to testing. Now, actually, if you read that, if you look at this word, which is called, which is called test or tempt, actually, here in the King James, it, the, if you study the, 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 the etymology of it and actually look at the Hebrew, and that's why it's always good when, you have, when you're reading your Bible to have a strong concordance, to have something to go into. What, what does that word actually mean? Because if you think of that and you, and you compare Scripture to Scripture, and it's always good to compare Scripture with Scripture, the best, the best comparison with scripture is to compare what the Bible says. Because if it says test, then you say, well, God is testing Abraham. Well, then you go to the book of Genesis, go back to the book of James, the New Testament, and you read, the Bible says in, in James chapter 1, verse, verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God for for God cannot be tempted with either, neither tempteth he any man. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So God did not tempt Abraham. God tested Abraham. See, the devil tempts us. The purpose of temptation is for you to fail. The devil wants you to fail. Your flesh wants you to fail. The world wants you to fail. God tests us, proves us, so we would grow in our relationship with God to help us be better. My wife's a teacher. She's going to give a whole lot of tests out. Maybe not this week, but maybe some this week. What is her goal? So that all the kids in her class will fail. That's her goal. She wants everybody just to fail, 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 fail. No, that's not her goal. Her goal is for them to improve, to be educated. To learn, to have knowledge. That's the goal. What is the goal of God? For us to learn. For us to grow. And what's the best way for that to happen? To give us lives of ease. To give us lives of simplicity. So that we would have the American dream. Be married. Have two kids. A white picket fence. Have a nice backyard. A nice Harley Davidson motorcycle inside the garage. Live to about 85 years old, have kids and then grandkids, and everybody be in perfect health all the time with no problems, no issues. Is that God's will for every person? No. That's the American dream. But it's never sound, it's called God's will. So sometimes God tests us, tests us. When I was in school at Bob Jones University, I had some tests. To get a degree in Bible, you had to have four semesters of Greek. 
I took grief, but I think it took me. You know, <laughs> I took it, but I think it took me. It was difficult. It was hard. It took lots of time. It took lots of effort. I'm not great with languages. But God knew it was for my best. God knew it was for my best. So he's being tested here. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, the trial of your faith which being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What are some major tests in his life for Abraham? Well, we looked at these already. The first test was in chapter 12 of Genesis when Abraham is told to leave the Ur of Chaldees. We mentioned that. The second test is found in, in chapters 13 and 14 of Genesis when Abraham is told to separate from his nephew Lot. A third test is found in Genesis chapter 15 through 21 when Abraham is told to trust God for a son even though he was older and his wife was older in age. He would be tested in his life. And this would be a fourth and final test in the life of Abraham. You know what I know about tests? First of all, tests can come at any time. They don't just come when you're young. They just don't come when they're old. They can come at any time. God does not give you a little tap on the shoulder and say, okay, now six months from now you're going to have a test. Six months from now you might have cancer. Six, six months from now you're son might have cancer or six months from now this might happen he doesn't give you warning tests come when they unexpectedly tests come to anyone it's not just well it's not just special people or or preachers or evangelists anybody who's saved god allows them to go through tests thirdly the purpose of the test is not because God hates a person. Their purpose of the test is because God loves the person. Abra God loved Abraham. God cared about Abraham. God, God, Abraham, as I mentioned, is called the friend of God. He didn't do this because he didn't like Abraham. He was doing this because he wanted to test Abraham to help Abraham. Tests can come in any time. Tests come out of the blue. So we see this Request of the Lord, a call to testing, but not only that, a call to sacrifice. It says, And take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. This, was, of course, was the promised seed that we read about in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 5, which says, And he brought them forth abroad, and said, Look now towards heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said to them, So shall thy seed be. <laughs> this was the promised seed. This was the promised son. Take thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. This was the son. God will often ask us some almost impossible things. He will ask us of things that seemingly do not make sense. Here this man has been waiting for some 25 years. And now Isaac, many commentators believe, is somewhere between 25 and 30 years old. So after waiting 25 years, and now he's somewhere between 25 and 30 years old, at this point, God comes to him and says, I want your son. Are you willing to give me your son? Does it make sense? Dear friends, sometimes God asks of things that are precious to us, and they don't always make sense. They don't always make sense. 
We see the request of the Lord, but secondly, the response of obedience. Now, if, if it would be me, I'd probably say, well, can I pray about it? <laughs> can, I get, can I go get some wise counsel about that? Uh, can, can, I, can I fast? Lord, you know Baptists don't like to fast, but can I fast a few days about this? But look how he responds. The Bible says of immediate obedience in verse 3. It says, Abraham rose up early in the morning. He didn't even sleep in. He didn't even sleep in. He got up early in the morning and sat on his ass and took two of the young men with him and Isaac his son and clave with the wood of the burning offering and rose up and went to the place which God had told him. No hesitation, no question, no counsel. The great George Mueller once said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly, humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. D.L. Moody said, I prayed for faith and it did not come. But when I read the word of God, then faith came. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's important to read the Bible. Because the more you read the Bible, the more faith you have. The less you read the Bible, the less faith you have. The more fear you have. More Bible, more faith. No Bible, no faith. That's why we preach, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Because it's the most important thing you do every day of your life. Because you may be tested tomorrow in an area where you never thought you would be tested and if you haven't read your Bible and prayed, you won't be prepared for it. You won't be prepared for it. We see his immediate obedience, his faithful obedience. The Bible says in verse 6, And Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and took the fire in his hand and knife. The Old Testament belief is New Testament faith. Hebrews chapter 11, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he that is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We see, see immediate obedience, faithful obedience, reciprocal obedience. And Abraham's faith was shared with his son, and they went both of them together. See, it wasn't just Abraham. Here's a 25 to 30 year old young man. He was not... this. Abraham now is like 130-some years old. He's not going to force, make this 25, 30-year-old man do anything. In fact, all, Abraham, all Isaac had to do was just walk that way, and that was it. You see, but Isaac saw his father's faith, and because Abraham had faith, he had faith too. That's why families, moms and dads and grandparents, it's important that you have faith in God. You say to yourself, why is it important that I have faith in God? Because people are looking to you to see if you have faith in God. They see the physical. They see you coming to church. They see you living for God. They hear your words. They watch your attitude. That's why it is imperative even when you think, Nobody sees, nobody cares, nobody knows that you live for God because somebody's always watching you. And as we looked at this morning, God is always watching us. The faith or lack of faith that you and I have in our lives towards God will be seen by those who follow us. It's not good enough to say, just I believe in God, this is what you should do. No, it's not what you should do, it's what we should do. It's what we should do.
So we see with this reciprocal faith, Isaac believed his father, though he did not understand. Behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? What Abraham said, what Abraham say, I don't know, son, we'll figure it out. No, he didn't say that. He said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both of them, so they both went, so they went both of them together. He trusted in God. He believed in God. He had faith in God, though he couldn't see it, though he couldn't understand it, though he couldn't conceive of it. He's trusted God. You and I will not always know the why, but we can always trust the who. We will not always know the why, but we can always trust the who. We may not understand his hand, but we can trust his heart. We can trust his heart. Has he ever failed you in so many years that you've been living? Not one time has he failed you. And dear friend, if you were to live 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000 lives, you would not be failed by God even once. He hasn't failed you now. He ain't going to fail you from, from here on out. And if you think he's failed you, you just don't understand it yet. He hasn't failed you. The Bible says the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Do you trust in God? By reading about Adoniram Judson, one of my favorite American missionaries, Brother Randall, missionary to Burma, in prison with 32 pounds of chains on his ankles and feet, bound to a bamboo pole. Sounds like great work for me. Missionary, first American missionary, fellow, a fellow prisoner asked him, Mr. Judson, what about the prospect of the conversion of the heathen? What's going to happen? You're here in a prison. You're chained. Rats are running all over you. If your wife doesn't feed you, you die. What about the prospects of converting the heathen? Abner Judson looked up and said, the prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. The prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Is my life going to get better? Your prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Can my family be saved? Your prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. I serve the God of the impossible. How about you? Well, he hasn't done anything for me lately. Well, have you prayed to him lately? Have you asked him lately? Have you fasted one meal in seven days for him lately? You see, we have little because we ask little. Some people have little because they have a little God. They treat God like an impish little genie that only comes out when we rub the magic lamp. And that's all that we ever have. And if that is all God is, that's all you'll ever get. Little prayers, little faith, little reserve results we need more faith great prayers you'll see great results you'll see the result request of the lord the response of obedience secondly the response of obedience and thirdly the result of faith abraham by faith was willing to finish the task the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 by faith abraham when he was tried offered up offered up isaac and he that received the promise offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that Isaac shall be the seed of be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. 
We learned this fact not from Genesis chapter 22, but from the writer of the book of Hebrews. What did Abraham believe? He believed and trusted God so much that if he would have plunged the knife into the body of his only son, Isaac, God himself would have raised him up from the dead. He believed that. He believed it. He trusted it. Isaac, by faith, submitted to his father's will. Isaac was a type of Christ. The Bible says in chapter 22, verse 9, And they came to the place with God that told him, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son. He bound a 25 to 30-year-old man and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Can you think about what Isaac was thinking? Daddy, what's going on here? <laughs> Is, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> I'm going I'm to lay down on the wood. There, there's no sacrifice. There's no animal. There's no sheep. There's no goat. There's no animal. He lays him down in perfect submission. He's willing to trust his dad to take his life. Perfect example of Jesus Christ. But see, dear friend, there was no man to stay in the, stay the hand of God. God took his life of his son because it was God's will that his son die. It was not God's will that Isaac died, but it was God's will that his son, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. God provided a perfect substitute. The Bible says in verse 10, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the, life to, took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called upon him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Lay not the hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, behold, there a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. That is said to this day, the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Request of the Lord, the response of obedience and the result of faith. What do we see the result? The Jehovah Jireh. I love the name. It means the place where the Lord sees and provides. What are some Jehovah Jireh's in your life? What are some times in your life where God has provided for you? Where has been times in your life where you prayed and asked God for something, not understanding how it's going to happen, going to happen, not trying to calculate it or figure it out or Trump Trump try to some way try to make it happen in your own way but he does he does what's some Jehovah Jireh's in your life Isaac a picture of Christ who's willing to lay lay down his life in obedience to the father we need to be willing to lay down our life in obedience to God God ourselves aren't we we need to be willing to say Lord whatever you want me to do however you want me to do it Whenever you want me to do it. See, for, for, for Abraham, he could have thought, well, what about Ishmael? <laughs> Can we, would you take him? No. God didn't want Ishmael. God wanted Isaac. God wanted Isaac. And dear friend, God may, may want something from you. God may want to say, hey, what, what about this in your life? I wonder tonight, is there anything in your life you're not, will, you're, are you not willing to give up for God? 
Is there anything in your life you're, you're, will, you're not willing to give up for God? So, so many times in, in life we have these idols in our life, don't we? That might be our schedule. That might be our work. It might be relationships. It could be anything. But the Bible says that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. That's God's will for our life, that we love him first. I wonder, is there anything in this life that you love more than Jesus? What if God put his hand on something and said, are you willing to give that up for me? Would you? Would God, if God was to touch your body and say, would you give up your health for me? Would you, let him, would you let him, if that glorified God more? If God was to take your wealth from you, whatever that might be, would you not be upset at God because through God taking your wealth, he'd be glorified? Would that be okay with you? If God took a relationship, a friendship, that friendship was no longer there. That relationship was no longer there. If he took that away from the picture, would that be okay with you if that glorified God in some way? Are you willing to say to God, Lord, I'll lay anything down on the altar of sacrifice because you are my king, you are my master, you are my Lord. You see, it's all often, it's oftentimes in life we say about Jesus, he's our savior. And he is. But you know what? He's more than that. He's our Lord. The word Lord literally means he's our master. Whatever, we, whatever he tells us to do, we should be willing to do. Whatever he tells us to go, we should be willing to go. Whatever he tells us to say, we should be willing to say. Because he's our, he's our master. Abraham is a perfect obedience in this situation. Oh, he's had his Hagar's. He's had his trouble. He's had his Ishmael's. He's had his time in Egypt when he went down there when he shouldn't. But now in his, in his coming to the end of his life, he was tested and he passed the test for God. Dear friend, I promise you, as sure as you're sitting there in your chair right now, you're going to be tested in your life. Some of you have been tested. But if you live in this life, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. Not only that, you're going to be tempted by the devil. The Bible says the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. <laughs> you're going to be tempted in this life. But God and his love and mercy is going to test us. He's going to test us. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. What area in life are you maybe being tested in right now? You know, the Bible says about Jesus Christ that he is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ passed the test. Aren't you glad he did? Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat great drops of blood and he saw the father, he said, look, pray to his father, father, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He was will, he, he passed the test. Oh, can you imagine being Jesus Christ in that garden, knowing to some degree, we don't know, how to, we don't know fully to what degree he knew everything. We, we knew he was going to have to suffer. He knew he'd be rejected of men. He'd be, he'd be rejected by Peter and James and John. He'd be, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be rejected by and, and, and 
and, and sold out for by Judas. He'd be laughed at and mocked and scorned. He'd be beaten. His, his beard would be, would be plucked. I can't imagine that. Be, whew, that'd be tough. He'd put a crown of thorns on his head. He'd be beaten by two Roman guards. The cat of nine tails. He would go and endure all of that. He came unto his own and his own received him not. He'd be rejected. And there on the cross to watch his dear mother Mary cry and weep for, for, him, for him. Oh, how horrible that would be. How terrible that would be. But he endured it all. He passed the test so that we could be saved. So that we could be saved. Oh, dear friend, we're going to be tested in life. We're going to go through tests. The question is what we're going to do through the tests of life. It's easy to quit, isn't it? We look around sometimes with people and say, I wonder what happened to old so-and-so, and I wonder what happened to so-and-so. I wonder what happened to so-and-so. I'll tell you what happened to old so-and-so. They failed the test. It happens often in the Christian life. I wish it wasn't true. I wish I could say every person I've met in 32 years of being a Christian have passed the test and lived for God. Yay, the longer I live, the more I see folks failing the test. Why? Because our, our, our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. Our spirit's strong, but our flesh is weak. We give in. We give up. We quit. We get tired in the race. We get weary. Another thing we do is we look at other people. We compare ourselves with other people. And the Bible says that's not wise. Instead of what we're supposed to do, which the author of Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, it says keeping our eyes on Jesus. We get our eyes on other people. And we see other people and other families fail. And because they fail, we say, well, if they fail, might as well fail too. No, friend, let me tell you, if everybody in the church fails, don't you fail. Because ultimately, friend, the only person I'm ultimately responsible for because as a married person, I realize I only have so much control over my dear wife and those kids. I only have so much control. Ultimately, the only person I'm responsible for, ultimately, in the big picture is me. Because I have to stand before Jesus Christ. My, my, on my own. Oh, yeah, I got responsibility for my wife and kids. But they're going to stand before Jesus Christ on their own. And my son's going to stand before Jesus Christ on his own. And my daughter's going to stand before Jesus Christ on her own. I'm not going to stand in front of Jesus Christ for them. They have to stand before Christ on their own. We're all going to stand before Jesus Christ, me and him alone. Dear friend, that's why it's important that you have a right relationship with God and that you live for God and that you stay faithful to God no matter what the problems and difficulties and trials come to your life. Oh, they're coming. The thing of it is, are, are you ready for them to come in your life? Are you preparing yourself right now for the test? When I went to seminary at Pensacola Theological Seminary, they had some difficult tests. My hardest teacher was a man who's now in heaven. His name was Dr. Nonamaker. And Dr. Nonamaker, he said, guys, tomorrow morning, all you're going to have is your Bible and a pencil. I'm going to give you the questions and you're going to have to write as long and as, and as detailed as you can to pass the test. I never wrote so much in my, in my life. I wrote so much, my hand didn't want to write anymore. But I could not go that day and just show up at that test and say, Here I am, Dr. Maker, Dr. Nottemaker. Lay it on me, brother. I had to think 
I had to prepare. I had to study and study and study and study some more. And dear friend, I think oftentimes in life, why people you don't see sitting in these chairs anymore because they're not prepared for the test. They've not prepared for the test. They've not listened to the word of God. They've not heeded the word of God. And when that test comes, it is so difficult. They've heard the word of God and they've listened to the word of God. They've never internalized the word of God. You see, friend, you can hear it. You can listen to it. But until you internalize it for yourself and take it on in yourself as your own, then you'll never that will never impact your life and change you. They never internalize it. And when the storms of life comes, as Jesus talks about the storms of life, they come upon the person's life, their, their life, their, their house is built on the sand. And when the storms beat upon their life, it destroys them because they're not settled on the rock. They're settled on the sand. It happens so often in life. That's why, dear friend, you have to prepare today for the storm. You say, preacher, it looks like it's nice and clear out there. But, dear friend, you and I have lived in Florida long enough to know probably before long there's a storm coming. We could say tonight, hey, how about we uncover the roof and work on the roof? Oh, dear friend, I don't think so because the storm might be here tonight. It's Florida. It could come and rain and ruin the whole thing. If you're not preparing for the storm right now, you're going to get soaking wet. You're going to get soaking wet. And your life will be destroyed. And your testimonies will be destroyed. And your rewards when you stand before Jesus Christ will be taken from you. Are you preparing yourself? Are you preparing yourself? I think about great men of God. We were talking about hymns, hymns this, this, this afternoon. I was thinking about on December chapter, on December chapter, December 29th, 1876. Right after 7 o'clock p.m., a train was pulling out of Ashtabula, Ohio. It was going across the trestle. Suddenly, the passengers heard a terrible cracking sound. It was, it was late at night. It was in the wintertime. Below them was a watery ravine. Even before the wooden car slammed into the bottom of this ravine, from this train, they were aflame, set afire by kerosene heaters. Of the 159 passengers in those cars, 92 were killed, and most of the rest suffered serious injuries. Snuffed out by this horrible wreck was a couple who, whose bodies were never found. It was Mr. and Mrs. P.P. P. Bliss. Our hymnals are full of his music. What songs did he write? Almost persuaded. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Jesus loves even me, and it is well with my soul. One of the hymns that was not found at that time was of him that was had not been sung yet. It was, I will sing of my Redeemer. You know it? It says, I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt 
and sent me free. Oh. He died at a young age, younger, younger age than he thought. But you know what? He was prepared for the storm. And his legacy lives on. Even today, we're singing the words of bliss. Dear friend, what about our legacy? If it was cut short today, if things, if our life was drastically, drastically changed today, would our legacy of faith lived on, live on? Here tonight, we're talking about Abraham who lived thousands of years in the past. We're talking about Isaac who lived thousands of years in the past. Why? Because they acted in faith and not in fear. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live by faith. Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be here tonight in your house. We thank you for your dear children who are here. Maybe there might be someone in this room who's never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe there might be some folks in this life who have decisions, who have difficulties. Maybe there's some folks in this room who've set up idols in their life. They love maybe things or stuff or relationships. They have something in their life that they really love more than even you, dear God. Oh, God, I pray that you would help us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. With head bowed and eyes closed, maybe someone in this room would say, Preacher, I need my faith encouraged. I need it strengthened. I need it to grow. My faith is so weak. I've not been spending time like I have in the Word of God. I need it to grow. I need to be closer to God. I need to know God more. I'm asking God to increase my faith. Is that your prayer this evening? Preacher, I'm, I need my faith to be increased. It's so weak. I'm so, I, 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 I don't trust the way I should. Amen. Anyone else this evening, be honest with God this, this, this night. Amen. Anyone else? My faith. Amen. My faith is so weak. My, I, I, I get fearful and afraid and not sure what's going to happen, but I'm, I, I need my faith increased. I need the faith like Abraham and Isaac. Would you pray for me? Anybody else this evening? Anybody else? Let's stand to our feet as the hymn plays, the hymn, the, the piano plays this, this evening. Would you do business with God? Maybe you'd like to come to the altar and say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. I'm fearful. I'm, I'm frightful. There's an area of my life where I'm struggling. My trust, my relationship with you is not what it should be. Would you come? Maybe there's an idol in your heart, idol in your life that you love more than Jesus. Would you lay on the altar and say to Jesus tonight, I give you everything. You're my master. You're my Lord. You're in control. Whatever the Holy Spirit's asking you to do this evening, would you simply obey the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit?